Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I guess just, just rounding round off, what is exciting you at the moment? I think God is about to take us into a new and an exciting season and I feel that we're in the preparation season of that and this week I was driving in our car a journey I'd never been on before so I was heavily reliant on the sat nav and before I had to turn left the sat nav would say something like prepare to turn left and then it would say a few more yards prepare to turn left and then in 100 yards turn left and as I listened to that Suddenly, I just felt the Spirit of God say, Leanne, as a church, you need to prepare to turn into that next season. Mm. See, God is getting us ready. Mm. God won't just drop things and say, now, (laughs) he'll prepare us, he'll get us ready. And church, we feel we're going to be sharing more later in the next couple of weeks about our vision offering that's coming up. But we feel that God is saying, prepare prepare to go in the direction that he's continuing to lead us in. Because, friends, there's not many empty chairs left. Look around. We're filling up. God is on the move. God is preparing us for the next season. And we know that God is not here for us to stand still. We're not here just to be comfortable and have a little cosy club. But God's preparing us for that next season because there's something bigger, there's something more. There's more lives to be impacted, more souls to be touched. So he's preparing us. So that's what I'm really excited for. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. Um, I'm excited. I, I guess what God's speaking to me about is about the whole thing of faith. Um, sounds basic, doesn't it? But I feel God's personally just enlarging my faith there's th- things that I'm praying for now that I wouldn't have dreamt of, to have prayed for five years ago um, and it's amazing I just feel God is also positioning people to the church to plant people in the church who are just yeah. right people at the right time to take this church into next season it's interesting for um, in our summer holiday we went to Devon and two out of the three um, churches that we we went to were undergoing some form of building project one was a, a renovation of a theatre that they um, were able to, to, to have um, and it rents. Another one was a, a purpose-built building project. But all, every time these two churches went to, I was, I was so excited for them about what they were doing and actually what God wanted to do. And they were small churches. They were probably similar to our, our size churches. And it was just great what we was doing. And I just felt God was challenging me in it. I really did. You know, we've, we've, we've got growing pains already, haven't we? Um, you won't necessarily, if you come, you won't necessarily know, but we've got growing pains in the, in the children's work, in the, in the pre-Sunday Stars areas, uh, almost like this building is such a small building, you know, the great thing is we own it, but God, I believe, wants to multiply what he's doing here, he wants to cause us to grow, he's always about growth, healthy things grow, and we want to build in a, God want, want God to build in a healthy way and use us to do that, so what does the future look like, I don't know, but I believe God is calling all of us into a new season of faith, actually step out and face. Why don't you just spin around quickly, have a look. Look at the, the building. So most of these seats down here are filled, and we've got some seats up there. Do you know the, the capacity of this building is about, safely, is about 110, 115. It's not much, is it? But God's building 
God's building, and that is exciting me. And uh, so we're going to, I'm going to mention this now, but um, if you can show that slide, please. That'd be brilliant. We are going to ask, we're going to take up a, a vision offering on the 15th of October. And we are going to ask, as individuals, as families, what would the Lord want you to pledge for the next 12 months to give into the future vision of this church? Next couple of weeks, we'll be unpacking what God's put on our hearts for future expansion and stuff. So you'll hear a bit more next week. And you'll hear also in the next couple of weeks what has happened to the last vision offering. But we're going to ask, can you step out in faith? Don't want anyone going into debt. It's got to be a thought through. It's got to be, God, what are you asking me in my position? What do you want me to give, to pledge to give, over and above what I normally give, tithes and offerings, into the vision of the church over the next 12 months? And then on the 15th of, of October, we're going to have a, a, a time when, as families, we come together and we're going to pledge. If you want to give at that time, you can, but we just pledge. God, I'm going to pledge to do that, give this. And we're going to have, at the end of the service, a live count that goes on the, on the screen saying, this is how much we've pledged over the next 12 months. Um, can I tell you, uh, I don't yet know what we're going to give, but I feel happy scared. I do, because I feel there's going to be a stretch on us. I feel God is calling us to stretch ourselves. Um, and I wouldn't say that lightly, I do, because, not because, just because we're the leaders, but because God wants to do some amazing things. Right. And when we give to God, right. he always meets our needs, he blesses and it caused great things to happen. So that's one of the things I'm really excited about. Faith and then obviously division and the offering, yeah. Excellent, great. Thank you very much for sharing with us today. Um, we give them a round of applause as they go back to their seats. You have to bring your own furniture now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, just before I, I get into uh, the word, I just want to share a couple of things with you. Um, that are very relevant at the moment. As you know, we are, we are part of the CAP family, Christians Against Poverty. And uh, uh, starting uh, next Saturday, uh, they're running a uh, money course in, the Le in Leamington. So if you really struggle on budgeting, finances, um, then there is a course for you starting next Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. Uh, there is a taster this afternoon at St. Mark's at 2.30. If you'd like to know more details, then I've got some cards here. And also, on the uh, 13th, Friday the 13th of October, our church, our life community, uh, life skills team, are running a uh, life skills program for eight weeks. And this is going to be at the Lighthouse in Gloucester Street. If you want to know more about that, uh, talk to me or Anne um, or Beverly uh, and uh, one or two other members of the team, but there are cards at the back, so please just help yourself. I'm going to talk about Noah. I, I like Noah. You know, somebody bought me a T-shirt in the week as a belated birthday present, and it's one of those old guys rule T-shirts. And I, I nearly put it on because I thought it was most appropriate because this guy we're going to talk about this morning was not very young. He certainly wasn't very young, as we're going to find out.
Hallelujah. Let's start with Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. Noah was another one who trusted God. Making sure I've got the same translation. When he heard God's warning about the future, Noah believed him. Even there was no sign of a flood. And wasting no time, he builds an ark and saved his family. Noah believed in God was in direct contrast to the sin and disbelief of the rest of the world, which refused to obey. And because of his faith, he became one of those who God had accepted. Lord, we just pray that you'll just bless your word into our hearts this morning. Lord Jesus, we, Lord, we believe you've got a future for each one of us. Lord, not only for the fellowship, but each one of us as we walk with God, as we grow in God, as we fulfill God's purposes and desires for our life under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, we just pray that your hand will just be on us this morning and bless us really good for Jesus' sake. Amen. I, I was really challenged by Noah because in verse 22 of Genesis chapter 6, it says, Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. You know, one of the, one of the problems with the Christian walk and the walk of faith is sometimes knowing what God is saying to you. Hearing the voice of God. Finding God's purpose and direction. Now, Noah had been obviously walking with God uh, and there was a relationship with the Father. I'm not quite too sure how that relationship was developed because he had no Bible to read. It must have been a relationship of prayer and communion, possibly just the same as it was with Adam, who God walked with him in the cool of the day. And so we are, we are some thousand years from the beginning of creation. Noah's father, Lamech, was 56 when Adam died. So we're only a thousand years into creation. And at this point, Noah was given a task to do, and he was approximately 500 years old. Anybody 500 in the meeting this morning? That's why the T-shirt, you see, old guys rule. He was the great-grandson of Enoch, who we heard about a couple couple of weeks ago, who had such a relationship with God that he didn't die. God just took him. So Noah had got a relationship with God and out of that relationship, God gave him a task. Now we all know the story. 
A couple of weeks ago, just as I was preparing this, I decided to watch the, the, the film Evan Almighty. Have you done the dance? And really that picture, that film, even though it was a, a cartoon type film, actually put some great truth into what Noah must have been feeling. Noah was given the task to build an ark. How big was this ark? Can we have the, the, the one with, the, oh, there we are. The word ark means a coffin, chest, or box. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. I think this built ceiling is about 32 feet. Whew. And it wasn't until World War I that there was a battleship that was the same, as big, or slightly bigger than the Ark. But what, what, what I find absolutely amazing, not only the project, but how this man, Noah, got this message from God. You know, sometimes we say, God, what, have you got a word for me? Have you got a word for me? And he drops a little thought here and a little thought there. But does he ever sit down and say, I want you to build this ark that is this big, this wide, this high. It's going to have this floor, this floor, this floor. It's going to have a, a window all the way around and a window at the top and a big door in the side. And by the way, Noah, while you're building that, you've got to start preaching to the people around you. Encouraging them to repent and get right with God and come into the ark. On the previous slide, we saw, which I, I didn't, I'm not very good with slides. Can we have the previous one, please? No, that's not a boat. It is a boat. <laughs> that's a little boat. The next one? That's a bigger boat. They're still smaller than the ark. The next one. Faith. Fantastic, adventurous, entrusting him. The life of faith is exciting. You, you, it's no good saying, well, it was all right for Noah in his day. It was all right for Enoch in his day. It was all right for Cain. And, well, it wasn't all right for Cain, but it was all right for Abel. It's about you and me in the 21st century. Now, my God might not ask us to build an ark. Well, he might do. Because the ark is actually Jesus Christ. Get people giving their lives to Christ and coming into the ark, which is the Lord Jesus Christ of salvation. But... You see... God gave him this commission because he was different. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, he says, Because of faith, he became one of those whom God has accepted. You see, Noah lived in the time when the whole earth was filled with violence and corruption. 
Yet Noah did not allow the evil standards of his day to rob him of his fellowship with God. He stood out as the only one who walked with God. As, a, as, a tr- as true as his great-grandfather Enoch. And Noah was a, a just and righteous man. The Lord singled out Noah from among all his contemporaries and chose him as a man to accomplish a great work. Build an ark in the middle of a desert. Nowhere near any water. What are you doing that for, Noah? God's told me it's going to rain. You know, if you lived in Manchester and they were told that, you'd, you wouldn't, you'd think it was balmy. But when Noah was told it was going to rain, it had never rained. It had never rained before. So you imagine trying to convince the people who were around him that he was building an ark because God said it's going to rain. Well, it did rain, didn't it? Eventually it rained. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And not only did it rain, but the fountains of the deep gave up their water. And the whole earth was covered with the flood. And the only people that were saved was Noah and his family. You know, we can look at the story of Noah and we can, we, we can look at it with some suspicion and say, is that really true? Well, I believe the book. I believe God. I believe Noah. I believe Noah built an ark. But you see, this life of faith is not just, re- just reserved for God's superstars. That is the potential of every born-again believer. And not only the potential, but the expectation. You, know, you see, some people say, they, they give their life to Jesus Christ, and they think that's, oh, I've done it now. I'm in the family I've got a relationship with God. Uh, if I'm a good believer, I'll come to church maybe once or twice a month. I'll tithe, but I'm not sure about this generosity to a vision offering. It's more than that, friends. It's life. You breathe it. It's part of you. See, not only is it the potential, but it is the expectation. Daily readings from C.H. Spurgeon a couple of weeks ago says, the two most important things in our holy religion are a life of faith and a walk of faith. He who shall rightly understand these things is not far from being a master in experimental theology. For they are vital points to a Christian. And so it's not only came to being born again and having a life of faith, but it's walking by faith. 
when you get up tomorrow morning and you hate Monday mornings and God whispers in your ear, this is the day. What for? Well, you know because you know what God's talking to you about. But it's a case of sharing what we believe, being able to walk this walk. This guy built this boat. Well, not that one. I couldn't find a picture of the ark. You know how long it took him? 100 years. Sometimes we make, New Year, we make New Year's resolutions on January the 1st and we broke them by Tuesday. But Noah was persistent and consistent. He was driven by the command of God into his heart. And, you know, when you start doing things like that, you've got to know you've heard from God. That's the, I think, one of the key things I see in this. I want to hear from God. I want God to speak to me. But then I, I need to be confident that what God has said, God has said, and that I am prepared to, to jump in, hook, line, and sinker. I'm a, it's part of me. It's got to have been part of him because he, he, he struggled and he built this ark and I'm not sure how he managed to build it perhaps he, he used some of the principles in heaven almighty I don't know but he built the ark of tremendous dimensions and it took him a long time with a lot of ridicule and, and heartache and even, even you imagine his, his children come and say what on earth are you doing dad why are you doing it, Dad? It's going to rain, son. What are you on about? Rain. I'm ne- what on earth is rain? They'd never seen any. Don't you wish we'd never seen rain? <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. You wouldn't have green grass. You'd have a desert like where Noah was building Noah was given a, a task, a great task, a job to fulfill, to build a boat miles from the sea in the desert. But why did he do it? Simple. God told him to do it. And why? Because it's going to rain. There's going to be a flood. It had never happened before. But he had to believe what God had said. And Dave, uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks, has been talking about faith, that persuasion, that moral conviction, that truthfulness, that assurance, a belief, a fidelity. Knowing what God is saying. Knowing what God is saying. What's God saying to you this morning? What's God saying to you? In our prayer meeting this morning, Seth came up with two or three words 
about people's physical need. Have you got a physical need this morning? Has God been saying anything to you about your physical need? We give you opportunities at the end of service to come and pray, pray if you have got that need. There's an illustration of faith in Matthew chapter 14. And Peter and the disciples were in a boat and, and, and then suddenly they, they were aware of Jesus walking across the water. Something very unusual. I've tried walking on water, but I just sink. Jesus was walking on the water, and Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come. And Jesus turned around and said, come. So Peter gets out of the boat, and he walks on water. But he's got his eyes on Jesus. And he takes his eyes off Jesus. And boy, he starts to sink. So when God gives you a word, keep your eyes on Jesus for the answer and the fulfillment of that word. Don't look at the circumstances. Because Noah could have said, I'm going to give up. Nobody's taking any notice. They're just ridiculing me. I'm finding it's a great struggle. You see, we always blame Peter for sinking. I want to tell you something. There were 11 other disciples in the boat that even didn't even want to try. So sometimes when you start to, to walk with God and you get a closer walk with God, you find that it gets a little bit more lonely because you don't find people that really want to walk with you in that sort of in environment but Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8 says but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord Noah pleased God oh man Noah pleased God what, 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 a, what a testimony what a reward to know the, the, the pleasure of God. For this is the generation of Noah, the just man, perfect in all these generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. We've got some slides up there. I think I better follow them. So we looked at the scar, the, the ark. What time scale. And that was approximately 500 years old when he received God's instructions. He wasn't a new Christian in that sense. He wasn't a new believer. He got a relationship with God. You see, God picks those that he, he can trust to fulfill his purposes. He was 500 years old when he got the instructions. It took him 100 years to build the ark. According to the word of God, it seems there was no help, only opposition. So sometimes when, you, when God gives you something to do and you start to do it, you find that some of your friends disappear because they don't understand. 
And then they entered the ark. Oh, I bet that seven days was a torment. You know, he was told to go into the ark and they all go in and all the animals are settled down and, and then they're waiting for the rain and nothing happens. Oh, man alive. You know, you, you, you make family plan. We're going on a picnic tomorrow. Provided it doesn't rain. And so you get up in the morning and you say, it looks a bit dark out there. I can imagine Noah doing the same thing. Well, well God, what are you playing at? You told me. You told me it, it, it was going to rain. And we're we ready. We're waiting. We're waiting. And for seven days it didn't rain. But then it started to rain. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and, it, and, and the, the, the rain was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. What about the timing? On the 17th day of the second month, Flip me, I look back some days. I looked at my blood sugar the other day and I said, that's a bit high, what did I have? Why was my blood sugar up? And I couldn't remember what I had for breakfast. But here God is giving precise details. God's like that, friends. He wants to give you the details. The conversations in the Old Testament when they were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The conversations between the angels and... I can't remember the prophet. He said, well, if I find 12, will you destroy? No, we won't destroy. Then he said, what about 10? Then what about 8? And then what about 6? Do you have, ever have such intimate conversations with God? Or, no, or arguments with God, if you like. You know, God's so willing. God is so willing. And so desirable. Desiring to communicate with us. That's what the life of faith is all about. We have no difficulty reading God's word. We have no difficulty praying. But do we struggle? with hearing the voice of God. Are we open? Like we did in the prayer meeting this morning, do you spend time just waiting before God? To hear His voice. See, prayer is a two-way conversation. You talk to God and God talks to you. And just as a matter of interest, may I commend the prayer to you that David preached from Ephesians, read from Ephesians chapter 3. Anne and I have been praying that prayer for the last nine or ten months, every, well, mostly every night. And believing God's going to make a difference in our relationship and our ministry. I don't know which page is which now. 
<laughs> right, let's... Ah. Faith. Thus Noah did according to all that commanded him. So he did. That's, that's a fantastic testimony. Enoch, God said the same thing in essence over Enoch and then took him to heaven. But God says over Noah, and Noah did, according to that God commanded him, so he did. Three steps. He heard, he believed, and he acted. He heard, he heard what God was saying, he believed it was a word from God, and then he acted and built the ark. Friends, we need to hear what God is saying. And in some senses, we have an advantage over Noah because Noah didn't have this. We need to read it. We need to read it, not just a verse or six or seven verses. We need to read the book. We need to devour the book. And we need to meditate on the book and say, God, will you, will you just speak to me what you're saying? And then when you've heard what God is saying through the book, Joyce Meyer, in the week when she was preaching, she said, every problem society has, every problem in life that man has, the answer's in there. What do we do generally? We change the rules and regulations instead of looking what the book says. So all the answers and all the, these needs are in there and I am over time. The Bible makes an emphasis. It's not just a flash in the pan. They took time, hard work and patience. And so we need to hear, we need to believe, we need to act. And we need to have these fantastic adventures. Wouldn't you love to jump over that gap? Well, sometimes it's just like that, friends. You, your life is here, but God's saying, I want you over there. And there's no way to get there except to jump, except to leap in faith and see the fulfillment of God's purposes. Just in conclusion, this was the judgment of God that was about to take place. The only people that survived were actually Noah and his family. The rain and the waters were so deep that everybody else was drowned. God gave a promise at the end and he said, it's never going to happen again. And so every time you look and you see the rainbow, that's the promise of God. But this, it was also a warning, friends. For he tells us in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 38, For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, unto the day that Noah entered the ark. 
and did not know that until the flood came and took them all away, so also it will be of the second of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in one field and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill and one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Jesus is coming again, friends. Not something we talk about very often, but it's a reality, friends. And there are signs of the times which are dramatically coming to pass at the moment in our society. And so we have to be ready. Are you ready to enter not Noah's ark, but are you ready to enter God's ark? How do you do that? You find Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Saviour. It's so simple, but so profound, and so unbelievably true, that you will end up not wondering where you're going and what you're doing, but having fantastic adventures in trusting him. God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.